Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you here on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Hopefully on your way to get some morning baseball at Duty Noble on Monday, you stop by Strange Brew and grab a little something. And, of course, if you live here in Starkville or if you live in Tupelo, that should just be an everyday occurrence. Part of the ritual of your day should be heading over to Strange Brew and grabbing yourself something like that. And then afterwards, you know, a a sweet treat from Turn and Spoon always hits the spot. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Guys, there are just days remaining. We're almost into the point where I can say hours remaining until Father's Day. Don't let another Father's Day go by without getting some brand new Mississippi State merchandise. You don't want the soap on the rope. You don't want the light-up tie. You don't want another you know, bottle of cologne or aftershave that you're never going to wear. What you want is a brand new MSU polo, and a brand new MSU Columbia shirt, a new baseball cap, something from Mississippi State. Get it from College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco here in Starville, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It is the place to go to enjoy yourself, to have some great food, have a great time with your friends, whatever kind of friends you've got, vegan, vegetarian, keto-friendly, gluten-friendly, the menu can accommodate you. They've got great local beers, margaritas on tap, everything you need to have a great time. It's right there at Humble Taco. Check them out in the uh, on, on University Drive, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. Rubby, we will be enjoying some. First of all, what is your middle name? I don't know if I want to go there. If you're, what's a, the initial? Make fun what's of the initial? S. See, I, somebody mentioned this. Robbie S. Falk doesn't have doesn't the work. same. It's, it's Robert S. Uh-huh. But I don't like Robert either. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't I like to be formal called so that. Robbie Falk. And, and all of Joel's gimmicks, uh-huh. I feel like, are his. Like, yeah. I, we like I know a we lot need of to find people, our own gimmicks. People don't like change. No, that that's that's the bottom line. Me, they didn't like whenever especially. they I didn't like it. whenever Joel came in no. uh, and replaced Bob, and now you Joel's been replaced here. I don't I don't feel like I can replace Joel, so I have to make my own way, and something will come up organically that's my thing. I don't think I have to make any kind of wrestling sounds or anything like that. I agree. Um, we don't have to do you know the middle initial or anything like that. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Something will happen down the road, and we'll we'll go with it. 100%. I just wanted to know what the initial was. Uh, we will be seeing baseball here at Duty Noble Field next weekend. Mississippi State will take on Notre Dame in their fifth straight Super Regional, the only program in the country. That, that is really difficult to believe, that they're the only ones. that are. I know Arkansas didn't because I know in 16 – when State beat them the, the, to win the SEC title, Arkansas was really bad that year. So that's that's probably that. Vanderbilt hasn't been to, to four straight Super five. So I, I actually researched this the other day okay. f- for that very purpose. Um, I I went back to every single Super Regional. It took me like two hours. Uh, I couldn't find another way. So uh, I went back through every Super Regional, basically took down every single team that's ever won, calculated it up, and – Miami has been to nine straight before. Cal State Fullerton's been to eight straight. Florida State, seven straight. LSU, six. And then you got four other teams that have been to five straight. But nobody's been to five straight since 2017. So this is the first time since 2017 that a team has been to five straight Super Regionals. And it's just a testament of how difficult that is. And then you add into the fact 
that Mississippi State has had four different four head different coaches, coaches yeah. doing that. That's unbelievable. I mean, and every team's been different. Every single team has been different. None of them have been the same. 2016, that team was built around offense, had yeah. some good pitching. That was arguably probably a top. That's the best top, team in this period. Yeah, it's, it's probably a top three or four Mississippi State team. Yeah, I agree. Would you agree I on agree talent alone? Yeah. Um, and then 17 was a team that, you know, Brent Rooker and Jake Mangum just kind of carried that team. They had no pitching. Carried is, is, a, is a light term. Right. Drug. They drug that team to the postseason. And they had to fight back through the regionals after losing in the first game. Mm-hmm. 18 was a team that barely made the SEC tournament. Had no business being. Had to do the same thing, fight back. Yeah. And, and that team got hot at the right time, and they were legitimate national championship contenders when they got to Omaha right. because they had good they enough pitching. They went from pitching. being the worst team in the SEC and one of the worst teams in Mississippi State history. Yes. To they finished a game away from playing for a national title. Yes. And, and you know they had the pitching. They had some pitching that mm-hmm. they could actually piece it together. The hitting just exploded. Right. I mean, Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan came along. Yeah. But anyway, and then nineteen was a really good team. Really good team. This year has been filled with question marks. I mean, you kind of come come into this regional after the SEC tournament, and you think, I would not be surprised if this team lost in this home regional. Mm-hmm. You, you know, um, I, it wasn't until I saw the the brackets that I felt like Mississippi State. I felt pretty good about Mississippi State's chances, but after that SEC tournament, you know, I was kind of down on on the Bulldogs, and I didn't know if they could make it to the regional. Now you're at the point you're hosting at home in the Super Regionals. You're at the point where you know anything can happen, and and State has a chance to go to three straight uh, College World Series, which would be an even more incredible feat. Is it fair to say this about this this baseball team? If you say what do they do well, they win. Yes. They're not a particularly great hitting team. They're not a good defensive team. Pitching, they're good, but they have some a lot of inconsistency as far as pitching goes. Yes. But they find ways to win, and that's why I, I would be excited about their potential as they continue in the postseason. And that's why you, you mentioned the four coaches in five years and all that kind of stuff. It makes me think that once this program gets that stability that Lamonis appears to be going to provide, and if he is indeed a good coach, which it appears that he is, that the the, the most elusive prize is getting closer. You know, you can't – and this is what I always said about Rick Stansberry, and I'm not trying to compare Lamonis to Stansberry by any stretch, but if you just keep going to the dance, eventually you will break through. And that's what this is going to be. State is on the verge now. They're two wins away from a third straight trip to Omaha. Never happened before in program history. Think about all the great players that have come through here. Will Clark was here for three years, one mm-hmm. College World Series. Uh, Richard Lee in that group, two College World Series. But then you think about all the rest of these of the great teams that State's had, 89-90 teams that were, were fantastic. Or 90 team made it, but the 89 team, which was so good. Um, that 97 team that went to Omaha, they had the number one class in the nation yeah. recruiting, and they almost didn't go to Omaha at all. Yeah. Eric DuBose and those guys, they, they went the to Omaha. the 98 regional was even closer. Right. Out there in Texas A&M. So they almost didn't even – and that right. just tells you how difficult it is to get to 02 Omaha. 2 when you had Mahalam and you, yep. couldn't, you couldn't get – I mean, they're on the verge of going to three – Tanner Allen, Rowdy Jordan, uh, and Josh Hatcher are the only ones left. And Hatcher, you know, is a little obviously doesn't really – not the same oomph this year, but he's a big piece a year ago or two years ago. It really is something. It feels like as the consistency is and it becomes more entrenched. And you know, you look at next year. Jake Gotro. It was reported by Kendall Rogers last night. 
not going to take the Rice job. It's so probably going to bring him bring him back for another year. I can't imagine Scott Foxhall's going anywhere. That kind of consistency, and you you build relationships with recruits, and you know next year you're going to see a lot more of the, the team's going to have a different footprint next year. It'll be more. It will really be a lot more of a Chris Lamonis team in 2021. And here's what I've always said about you know winning a national championship. It's really a crapshoot. It's really a crapshoot. We're uh, I'm watching the Arkansas game right now. They're tied at two in the seventh inning. There's a possibility that Arkansas does not make it out of their own regional. Right. They've been number one almost the entire right. year. Right. And I mean, I know They'll people probably win, but probably so. But, it, but this right is now. what happens. But you know, I know people are so desperate for that national championship, and it's it is literally the only thing that this team has not accomplished. They've been one of the most successful programs in SEC history. Um, they have been to ten. Uh, trips to Omaha. Only Florida State, I think, has been more times and not won a national championship. But it shows you how difficult it is when you get there to win it. And for any team, to, just getting to Omaha is 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 tough. And that is that the key for me is I've always said consistently getting to super regionals. If you're consistently getting to super regionals, you're consistently hosting you're going to put yourself in position. And when you get to Omaha, anything can happen. Eventually, you feel like it's going to happen for you. You're going to have the right nucleus. If this program is going to to Omaha and going to Super Regionals like, like this in five, five straight years when there's been so much instability, I mean, we could, it's, it's really mind-boggling when you think about what this program has become to this point to have John Cohen moving out as as the head coach after eight eight to ten years or whatever it was, mm-hmm. Andy Canizero coming in here mm-hmm. that's never been a head coach. Andy Canizero moving out after the first series of the season and going back to Omaha, and then you get a brand new coach in there with a, with with a lot of great players, but he knew what to do with the talent at hand. He did not screw it up, um, and now you got an even more of a, an imbalance there because you've had so much turnover. You got a little bit of an imbalance from a roster standpoint, and you're still in position here. So you got to think now you're starting to build your recruiting classes. You're starting to build your identity in recruiting. You got to think Chris Lamonis is setting the stage for that elusive national championship. And who knows? It can happen this year. I mean, I was just in an argument with someone last night about how Rice was a better program than Mississippi State, which I vehemently disagree. But a lot of people hold that national championship on a pedestal. And that is the end-all, be-all for a program. That's not true. That's not how it works. Arkansas doesn't have a national championship either. But you continue to get there, it's going to come. Yeah. I always think back to when Cohen became athletic director, and I was really surprised he didn't coach that final season. And I was actually really surprised he took the athletic director job. And it shows you how passionate he was about getting that job. Because I kept thinking, I was like, 16 may have been his best team Yes, ever. It was his best team. And I felt like this program is on the verge of a national title, why would you walk away? Um, and the fact that, like you said, Canizero came in as a first-time head coach and was able to get his team to—I mean—and say what you want about Rooker and, and Mangum, Rooker was much better under Canizero than he was under Mangum or, or under Cohen. I mean, coaching had to have a part in that; it just did. And then in '18, you lose Canizero that first weekend, and Henderson is able to just to rally the troops the way he did late in the season. And then obviously we saw what happened in nineteen. It, I agree, and then that's the thing. You know, you keep w- having winning. This is the same thing, argument I have with football. 
People are always like, you know, why can't we take the next step? It takes a while. It, takes, it is a process. Nick Saban is right. Winning is a process. You don't just turn on the lights and become a winner. You've got, you've got to build. And, and it's not just about, you know, you won a national championship. But that's great. What's Fresno State doing now? Yeah. What, what has Rice done since 2003? Exactly. exactly. It, it's, it's a lot more than that. There's, yeah. there's a lot more than, than that. And a lot of teams have won a national championship and are nowhere to be found. I mean, Coastal Carolina's been a decent program, but they haven't really done anything since. And you, so, say, you say things like, you know, oh, well, State's been building this whole time and blah, blah, blah. In 2015, they were dead last in the SEC. Dead yes. last. And, you know, it's taken some time. Now I feel like State is at the point where they're – I mean, they're the five straight super regionals. And looking ahead to next year, I think they've got the pieces to do it again. You know, they get, they got some good hitters coming back. They're going to have good pitchers. I think they're going to be in really good shape. So, if they feel if if they feel some some spots, yeah, that team has the potential to be a better right. overall team than this year. Which is it feels strange to say because you're going to lose two front end starters mm-hmm. and you're going to lose your right fielder and center fielder that have been here forever. But look at the, what they have coming back they have all the guys that are hitting for power are back Mm -hmm. they have a lot of young pitchers that we're not seeing a ton from that i think is going to make a major step i think they need to fill in some spots with some with some transfers that are going to be immediately eligible that they might get which they will do yes and if they do that i mean this team has all the potential to be a more steady team than this year's team i agree look at it at this team and looking at what happened this weekend you know we obviously recapped uh, Friday, Saturday on our on our show yesterday. But looking at today, first off, you got to give Campbell a lot of credit because I think you know. And the, then go back to the the top of the first inning, and you have the infield single, and then uh, well, Tanner Allen hits a single. I think of his. I, I remember what the second at bat was. But State had two on with with nobody out. Was that right? I think that's right. It doesn't matter. State gets off to that two nothing lead, and you're like, okay, it's going to be a long day for Campbell. And instead, they come back in the bottom of first, hit a three-run home run, take the lead. State gets the lead back, and then they never, they never went away. Despite the fact that they th- had to throw two pitchers who had already thrown this weekend, despite the fact that they, they clearly were outmatched, I give them a lot of credit. But I give credit to Mississippi State too, because you know, with, with the way that went for Fristo at the beginning, it could have just unraveled. Mm-hmm. And even though you brought in Houston Harding, he could have followed it up not as sharp as he was. Houston Harding sort of saved everybody by coming in and putting together a, a, another quality performance. That's really two in a row from him because he had such a great weekend at Alabama. You know, you didn't see him in the SEC tournament. Houston Harding, you know, there was some, there was a case being made in the press box that he could have been regional MVP. Yes. I thought I I thought he had a really good case and had he um gotten out of that inning or had Preston Johnson gotten him out of it, I guess. I think that he that I would have walked over there to Greg Campbell and told him I'm changing my pick. Uh, he was phenomenal, and he's been that way almost all year. The Missouri game notwithstanding, he has been steady all year long. I mean, almost every single game. Five innings pitched, three hits, two runs, two walks, ten strikeouts, which I believe was a career high. And two of two of the hits, I think, or maybe just one of the hits and uh, one of the walks and both runs came in that last inning when he allowed the first two guys to reach in that inning. Loaded the bases in the third or fourth, and I thought that was the ball game, really, because Campbell could have made something happen right there and really tightened things up. But he came back, got three straight strikeouts. Hadn't always been a strikeout guy. He didn't he didn't get any strikeouts against Alabama, but ten on uh, 
Monday and was just fantastic. They, you know, the Campbell coach said that his changeup was re- looking really good, but he also had a good fastball and his breaking ball was really good. So he had a really good mix. They couldn't catch up to his fastball, which was sitting anywhere from you know eighty nine to ninety one. Uh, wasn't throwing really hard, but he was missing bats, and they just could not figure him out. And we've seen that over and over this year, mm-hmm. and it's why I felt like they need to have a right-handed pitcher start off a ball game and have Houston come in behind them just because it changes well, everything. I mean, You've got to change that right-handed pitcher now. I think you and I both agree. You have to. I won't be surprised if we see Fristo again, but it's not going to be in a starting role. He, you, you cannot you get afford. An, you might get an inning out of him somewhere down the road in relief. At this point – you are now in desperation mode. And, and what I mean by that is you have to have a good start every game. Yeah. You, you can't come out and have that happen because now you aren't, you aren't going to go up against anybody like Campbell. No, you're which they, they pitched They pitched above their head in that ball game, but State was still able to, to rally and get, a six, get six runs and get that lead back. You can't afford to get down against Notre Dame 5 to nothing or 3 to nothing in the first inning. And, and that's what they did against Arkansas, too. Like, They've got to come out, and they've got to get a good start. And whether Houston Harding's going to be able to do that, I don't know because the last start was not good. But he's had some really good starts this year too. So I, I think I don't think we have a you know I think actually the sample size is larger that Harding is a has been a good starter than it is that he's not. No, I agree with that. I don't think he's a bad starter at all. But I, I do agree with you your your premise that the hard throwing right hander followed up by the crafty left hander is yep. just a very good formula. And then when you can let Landon Sims get you nine outs. It, that's what well, you're, you're, that's your best case scenario. It all goes back to Friday and the decision to start Bednar. And actually, I take it back. It goes back further than that. It goes back to the beginning of the season, where the, the there was obviously a conscious decision made by Lamonis and Foxhall that said, "Look, we have all this depth at pitching. We have so many guys who can throw so hard. We are not under any circumstances going to overthrow our guys. Sims, McLeod, Bednar, and I'm sure at the time." The thought was for Sarantola as well. Like, we are going to manage these guys so that when we get to June and it's postseason time, we're ready to go. We're not going to have any worries about guys being worn out and hitting the wall. The Fresno hitting the wall is a different situation because he's a freshman. The rest of those guys, you know, especially with Sarantola, if, if it's, it's worked out. So if yes. Sarantola had been what he was supposed to be, he would be fresh too. And Matt, as good as, as, as everything has gone for Mississippi State, and we talked about it yesterday. Imagine if Sarantola had been what Sarantola could be. If if Josh Hatcher would be what he could be yeah. at first base. You got I couple, mean, couple if he's batting, if, if Josh Hatcher's batting three ten right now with twelve bombs. If, if Josh Hatcher is batting two seventy with eight bombs, I mean it's un- it's unbelievable when you think about it. Yeah. Mississippi State has had, I mean, so many opportunities to just tank this year, mm-hmm. and they should be. They're not doing it. They just don't. They don't lose. I mean, they do lose, but they're not going on these long losing streaks and falling apart. They just figure out a way to win. But to your point, one of the things that you said that I th- I think needs to be reiterated here, I see a lot of people saying Jackson Fristo is Eric Sarantola 2.0, which I think is just I crazy. With that. Um, what we're seeing from Jackson Fristo right now is a player that has never thrown the amount of pitches that he's thrown this year. Yeah. He started almost every single weekend in the SEC. He's pitched in what twenty? He started fifteen games. Has, there has not been a weekend where he did not start. <sighs> did he not think. start? Uh, I'm trying to think. Sarantola started um, a couple of times. 
Yeah, but Bednar wasn't starting. That's true. That's true. Anyway, he's pitched a lot this year, yeah. and we've seen this so many times. And like people just immediately look here. Go ahead, though. People just immediately jump to oh, his, his career's over. Like he's a true freshman. Yeah. He he didn't even pitch nearly this much in high school in yeah. Kentucky. He was not throwing nearly as much as he is right now. So it's just, to me, just to go ahead and just throw in the towel on this kid because he's a true freshman and he's hit a wall is ridiculous. I think this kid is going to be a stud on the weekend in the SEC for Mississippi State. Okay. The only guy who started every weekend, there have been 16 weekends, it's Christian McLeod. McLeod. Fristo has 14 appearances and 12 starts. Okay. So that means he's got two. I know one of his relief appearances was in the uh, the Alabama series. No, he didn't pitch against Alabama. It was against uh, it was in the SEC tournament. He got a, he yeah. had an inning in there somewhere. No, one in the tournament um, was against but, Alabama. He it was a midweek. It was a midweek. Yeah, you're right. It was uh, the the week of Alabama. Yeah, uh, whoever they played, uh, Jackson Jacksonville, Jacksonville State. State. Yeah, and then I don't remember the other relief. Oh, I do remember the other relief appearance. It was against LSU. He came in in the first, the second inning. So he basically started right. that game as well. That's right. So in reality, he has 13 starts in the year. That's second most on the team. He's tied. You know, he would be ahead of Bednar mm-hmm. if he had started the LSU game, which in, in in hindsight he should have. And to say things like, you know, he's not mentally tough, stuff like that, it's just ridiculous. He's uh, And I don't think that he's, you know, getting out there and falling apart because we've seen him time and time again get himself into trouble and get out of it. I, I literally think that he's just thrown – so many pitches that he just needs to to rest. He needs to rest his body and build his stamina up a little bit moving in the next season because I think he has a chance, like I said, to be really good. Yeah, I mean, it's, but you've got to figure you you've got to go with Harding here. You don't trust Brandon Smith starting. You don't trust Cade Smith in, in this kind of situation just yet. You don't trust Jackson Fristo. So I think you just live and die with Harding on a game three. If yeah, it comes I would, to that, I would agree with that. Um, and, and you know, hopefully, State can win the first two games. It's going to be really tough, Won't I be think. An issue then, yeah. But if you win those first two games and get the Omaha, you don't have to use them. You're in good shape. All right, let's move on. It. We're going to stay with baseball, but let's talk about uh, our sponsors over at Welcome Home Beef. Great specials going this week at Welcome Home Beef. You got to give them a, a call and figure out what's going on uh, with those guys because, I mean, I, the the product quality at this point. I mean, it just speaks for itself. Whenever I, whenever I'm, I'm dealing with them, I'm always a happy camper. Let's just put it that way. So we mentioned uh, that ground beef. Where is the the? I have a text from the guy. There it is. Like, I, my my phone has been active today. That happens when when the MSU plays a game. Yes. Uh, anyway, we've got still got ground chuck on sale, two eighty nine a pound. Ground brisket. So we're talking about Ooh. brisket burgers. Ooh, delicious. Three ninety nine a pound. And this week, uh, sirloin steaks on sale, four ninety nine a pound. So call them, and put, you can put some of that great stuff on the on the grill uh, this weekend for sure. 662-268-8148, or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome home beef. It just tastes good. Two brothers smoked meats. Not open on a Monday, so you missed out on them today. But hey, you'll be back this weekend, and they'll be back this weekend. Make sure you swing by and enjoy Two Brothers Smoked Southern Soul Food. It is the best. It is one of my favorite places, not only in Starkville, but in the SEC. Robbie and I know we've traveled all over this conference and across the country following Mississippi State sports, eating at a lot of great places. I put two brothers up there with just about any of them. So head over to 621 University Drive and enjoy two brothers smoked meats. Advantage Business Systems makes it easy for you because they're going to put both things you need from uh, any of uh, anybody you're doing business with under one roof. 
They're going to give you an incredible selection of products, technology, uh, information systems, copiers, printers, everything your business needs to run efficiently. But they're also going to back that up with the best customer service because they are a local business at heart. They've been doing business with Mississippians for nearly 50 years, and they've been helping out lots of local businesses just like yours. Call them today. Find out what they can do for you. The number is 601-362-9192, or you'll visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Do you have a problem with how I say it just tastes good? I don't have a problem with anything you do. Okay. So, But if I had a problem, you'd know about it. Oh, I know. I'd come across this table. I know. You see, we, Believe so, me, I've seen so it before. So somebody gave Brad Haynes today did a gif and he, he made you x-pac i felt bad for you what yeah. i didn't see this yeah it, it, it's it's the one where uh he comes out the first time with triple h so i got to be triple h and you're x-pac and i was like nobody robbie likes x-pac robbie doesn't deserve that heat nobody that likes x-pac no no that's what i'm saying so looking ahead to this weekend mississippi state versus notre dame we talked a little bit about it yesterday no team hotter than notre dame they really took it personally i think that they were not a top eight seed they a lot of anger in that face. Uh, I was told that you can't be angry yeah, well that, and be, and win not, with anger. That's not correct. Um, Fifty to five. That was their combined score of Ew. their three wins. <laughs> I mean, fi- five five is one thing. I mean, only about five runs in three games. Pretty good pitching, obviously. But the fifty stands out. Now they got twenty six in one game, but that just means they had twenty four in the other two. Yeah. Now this is no. A lot of people were making a lot of jokes about Notre Dame. But we, this is not a pushover team by any means. Coming to Starkville, no. I, I think the the whole thing with that was people just thinking they haven't played anybody, but they also haven't really lost to to anybody either. I mean, they've lost eleven games on the season. They won twenty five conference games. It, it's not like they're. We may have some some breaking news in the middle of this show. Mason, Mason Miller, Miller I, saw, I just saw that. Oh, Lord. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on it, that. It needs to happen in the next 10 to 15 minutes, otherwise we're moving it. Yeah, I, I have a I have a suspicion of what it might be, but we'll just see. Oh, you do? Um, oh, yeah, nice. I'm just, just guessing. Is it one of the two that you mentioned? I think so. I think it could okay. be. Okay. Um, but no, Notre Dame is is a dangerous team, and this is, this is a, a team that you don't want to play in the postseason at this point. When it, any team that's playing like that, yeah. that's hot like that at the plate that can that can pitch as well. Yeah. You don't want to see them at this at, stage. And, a mo- and they're motivated. Right. Because they know like the narrative was they don't deserve that that seed, right? That's right. They know if they beat Mississippi State, everybody's going to be saying, "Wow, we really underseeded Notre Dame. They yep. should have been like a 4 seed." But here here's the thing I keep going back to, man. Duty Noble at nighttime in the postseason, mm-hmm. it just feels different. Agreed. It just feels different. There, there's just something that happens, and I think I think Mississippi State's a completely different team during the day than they are at night too. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I think I've seen enough of it at this point that I think there's something to it. But Mississippi State during the day is just kind of blah, mm-hmm. and at nighttime we saw it with the VCU game. I mean, when they needed to impose their will on that game. Duty Noble picked them up and just stomped on VCU. Yeah. So, you know, I'm interested to see that Notre Dame has not been in that kind of environment all year, no. and I, I say it every I say it every single time. You either embrace that or you fall apart. Yeah. And you crash and you burn. 
VCU crashed and burned. Um, I thought that Campbell embraced it. It wasn't a it wasn't a raucous environment, right? On Monday, but I thought that they that embraced it. That was a big it. reason I think that game was so so close on Monday. Was that a Monday at 11 a.m. first pitch? What would you think? Six thousand? I don't. I wasn't there when they announced attendance. I don't know. I, I never saw the attendance, but it, maybe six thousand yeah. people in there. If that it, game had been played Sunday night like it was scheduled to play in front of 10,000-plus, it would have might have been different. I and think. let's be honest, I mean, state fans were just, they were just, you know, there was a love affair with Campbell during the weekend. Mm-hmm. They had gotten close with these guys. There wasn't, I don't know what they were saying in the outfield. I'm sure they were still giving them, giving them the business, but it, it just wasn't the same. Like, right. it, it just didn't, the, the environment did not feel like the, the same environment as it did on Saturday night. Right, I agree. Um that's going to change, I think, this weekend. I think it's going to be a wild environment. Uh, hopefully the weather's good. I think th- I think it's going to be a nighttime game, at least on Friday. Mm-hmm. They need nighttime games. They need yeah. nighttime games, and I-, I think that it's going to be an electric atmosphere, and we'll see what happens. You're, you're going to be throwing your-, your two big guns out there. And Mississippi State is not going to be intimidated. They- they've gone up against some really good teams in the SEC this year. At this stage in the game – I'm not expecting State to come out and just fall apart out there. I, I think it's going to be a really good series. I think it's a good matchup. From a uh, a a TV perspective, Mississippi State, Notre Dame, for baseball, that's two national brands. Notre Dame, obviously, is, is the national brand in any sport they play, and they have the biggest fan base. But Mississippi State, you know, and, and people, I think college baseball people, people who are going to watch college baseball, I guess is what I mean, they know Mississippi State at home is something that's worth watching. They yes. know those crowds are going to be exciting to watch. So yeah, I think State's going to get some uh, some primetime uh, exposure this weekend. And, and you uh, got a little bit of nostalgia too. The yeah, Ty Martin home run and that will definitely get brought up for sure. We're going to try to get some uh, folks on to talk about Mississippi State Notre Dame uh, as well as some other interviews this week. We got some football stuff to talk about a little later in the week. Obviously, just wanted to focus on baseball today. Tomorrow's show is the rumblings. So get those questions in. I believe Robbie's already fired off the tweet. We've got some questions already uh, coming in. I can't wait to answer the first one. It's already come in. I've got a great smart Alec answer. I saw it too. Don't worry. I'm gonna, I'll let you I'll bring it. that tomorrow. And uh, until then, though, we'll be back with you. So for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.